Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to the Around the Natty podcast. I believe this is episode 21. 21. Of the, 21. Come in, this, 21. Of this great podcast that's super consistent now. Uh, it's great times. We're always on time. We didn't definitely didn't miss last week. Um, hey, you listen, you guys wouldn't have noticed if we didn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're back again. Right and better than ever. Sports. Um, we got a good topic on the slate today. Uh, we have planned to dive into the aura around what is the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, you know, there's a lot of negativity that's spread around the Bengals. You know, they get a really bad rep. Um, we're going to talk about if that if that is fair or if that is unfair, um, especially now in a time where the the franchise is kind of rebooting and and it seems to be heading in a di- different direction. So um, I'm excited to share some opinions on that and kind of um, talk about how the bank, the Bengals are perceived and kind of in the direction they're heading. What about you, Logan? Um, yeah, I, um, I don't, I don't really know how to kick it off. Um, other than what I'll say is, is that, Listen, it's no, there's no mistake about it that especially recently in the in the national media, the Bengals have been painted as this horrible franchise who's never had success, and especially with the drafting of Joe Burrow, you know, the narrative has been always oh, he's, he's, there's no chance he'll ever succeed there. Tua Tagovailoa will have a better career as a result of where he went, and you know, no quarterback has ever had success in in Bengals franchise history, and. And in the words of of Mel Kiper uh, Jr., that's just that's just plain false. That's just plain false. And um, listen, you guys know what the narrative is. If you follow this podcast, if you if you are a Bengals fan, I don't need to reiterate that for you. Uh, really, what our job today is, or what our goal is, to kind of explain why we think why that is. Um, and so, I guess Gamble, I'll, I'll pose I'll pose the question to you because, and I and I'll, I can speak more about this myself. But hit me, big sexy. Do you think that? that narrative is a result of recency bias? No. And, you know, you know well, partially. Um, and I'll tell you why. I think I think when you're a team um, like the Bengals, and, you know, we haven't had success these past three, four years. And, you know, that, that's fine. Teams have, have down years unless you're, unless you're the New England Patriots or the Pittsburgh Steelers or, or things like that. Um, so... I think that definitely helps, but I I think the the main reason everybody gives us that that claim is is it's been Mike, Mike Brown. Um, I mean, and it's always been Mike Brown, um, and you know when he's doing well, they're not going to give him that. They're not going to bring up that narrative. Um, you know, right. Well, and, and don't forget, it wasn't thing. it wasn't long ago that he was nominated as the executive of the year. Yeah. I mean, he won that award, and it was the year he pulled. He he played strong, strong ball. He strong armed. Carson Palmer, who yeah. said, I'm going to retire if you don't trade me. He said, fine, retire. Bye. We'll replace you. That's fine. And then what did he do? He went around and, and traded him and, and got... Two um, was it two first or was it a first and a second? Or an extra first and a second, yeah. I think yeah. we got Dre and Giovanni. Yeah, I mean, it turned out to be a, 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 heck, of a, dra- a heck of a turnaround. Um, 
I definitely feel like we got good value out of that. And yeah, I, I, but my thing is, I, I would argue with you. I would argue that um, it is somewhat of a recency bias uh, because just looking at the last, so let's just take the last 10 years. Okay. So we'll say from 2019 to 2009. Okay. And all but, or I should say, they, they made the playoffs one, two, three, four, five, six of those seasons. Yeah. I mean, that's, and, and in the other seasons, they were six and 10, seven and nine, six and nine, uh, one, four and 12 year. And other than that, they won at least nine games or more. Well, like, I, you know, I, I don't, it, it's not like they're horribly uncompetitive. Um, and I believe that the year they went four, and um, 12, I, maybe I'm wrong. No, no, Palmer did play all year that year, I think, actually. But that was the year they brought Tell- Terrell Owens in. And they yeah, honestly... That was Carson's last year. I think that they knew going into it that they were going to be bad. And that's why they went out and just made it kind of a split, like just to keep people interested. And, um, you know, I... But for the most part, the Bengals have had have at least been competitive and that's all i can really ask for i remember when i was a kid like really young i i always told myself you know i just want to i just want to have a hope to make the playoffs if i can at least be hopeful every year and be you know have something to look forward to till the end of the season like that's all i need um do i want a super bowl hell yeah but would i trade i think i would rather have 15 20 years of being competitive making the playoffs versus having one year of winning the super bowl and not winning for another 10 which you know, regrettably, mm, I don't know, man. Ooh, I would, I would trade my left nut for a Super Bowl, dude. I would trade a leg. I'd give a leg away. I'd hop around the whole city for a Super Bowl, dude. I'd hop around the whole city for a Super Bowl. But so, okay, so okay, if I told you you want a Super Bowl, but you wouldn't win more than five games for twenty years, you would be on board with that? Maybe. Well, and here's what the other thing I'll say though too is I. It's going to be really important for the Bengals to start doing well now because they're going to, they're coming up on the end of the contract with the city um, for Paul Brown Stadium. Yeah. And they're going to want a new stadium or at least major renovations to the stadium as currently is. But honestly, it's probably going to be cheaper just to build a whole new stadium. And, I, you know, if you can't bring money into, it's not like the Castellinis who have invested a ton of money into the banks. And you know, have other stock there. Um, you know, the the Brown and the Blackburn family are gonna have to figure this out and, and kind of go from there. But um, let me ask you this: so you argue that it's not recency bias. So do you think that there's accuracy to, to the to the point of that the Bengals is are one of the worst franchises in the NFL? Do you think that there's truth to that? No, I. Uh, you know, if if I had to be honest with myself, I'd say. I'd say the Bengals are probably middle of the pack. I think there's a bunch of other, um, a bunch of other franchises that are much worse. The Browns, for instance, are a garbage organization. Right, that's they're exactly what I think at first. Right down the river, man. They're a garbage organization. They have, they. I mean, look at last year. They had so much talent. They just what third place, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, let's let's talk about the bad organizations. Let's talk about them. The Browns, the Lions, who else? Uh, are you Tampa Bay? Tampa Bay. I mean, they had the Gruden years, but that's Jacksonville. Jacksonville has Houston largely. Houston until recently hasn't been anything. And I'd say, I mean, even now they still underperform. 
Yeah, I'm like... I know their talent supersedes their organizational stability. Instability, I should say. I mean, like, let's be honest. When's the last time Tampa Bay... Tampa Bay was in the playoffs when they won the Super Bowl? Right. I, and that's my thing is... Well, I think Josh Freeman in like maybe 2010, but outside of that, my thing is is that they... The Bengals have had stability within the organization. Now... They may not have always, I believe me, that they may not have always worked out for them, but they've always had um, a shared message. They've always had a plan, and their thing was always we're gonna play, we're gonna be conservative, we're gonna draft well, and that's how we're gonna win. So we're gonna draft well and develop our players. And for a long time, they did that really well, and you saw that yielded results between 2011 and 2015. Regrettably, they started. Missing in the draft and failing to develop players like the way that they thought that they could. And that's where you kind of saw the breakdown. My thing is, though, is that I think that, okay, let's move, let's move away from the last 10 years, okay? Okay. Organizationally, we've been to two Super Bowls. Mm -hmm. There have been very good teams, and there have been even better players who have played for these teams. But you know what? I think it's easy to forget how great of an organization one might have or how great of a history an organization has when they don't honor their own history inside the organization. There's no ring of honor. Mm -hmm. There's no Bengals Hall of Fame. Yeah. Whereas right across the road, you have probably the best baseball Hall of Fame besides Cooperstown. Yeah. And you can't even get a ring of honor. Yeah. I mean, like let's let's just talk about some of these guys. And I, you know what? I feel bad because it, it hurts some of these guys who really should be in the Hall of Fame already, or at least be acknowledged as potential Hall of Famers. Um, yeah. and, and those guys to me are like Willie Anderson, yeah, Chad Johnson. Well, he's he's on well, definitely Bengals Hall of Fame. But um, he's a fringe, I, 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 he's a listen, fringe I, Hall of Famer. I, I fringe is fair. Fringe is fair. But let me let me keep going. Kenny Anderson, hundred percent should have been in ten years ago. Ken Riley, who yeah, same same deal. Who regrettably, if he's That's ever it. inducted now, is going to be inducted posthumously. He's like fifth all time in interception right? still today, yeah. in an era where passing wasn't the predominant method yeah. of, of of offense. Yeah. Same with Ken or same with Ken Anderson. Passing wasn't huge. He led the league in passing like four years. But how easy is it for others to forget your history when you fail to honor your own history? Yeah. And that's kind of my argument there is I think that I would argue that yes, it is recency bias. And I, I think yes, the Bengals have some culpability in that. Yeah. Because again, they do fail to honor their their own. And I think you know, I, I posed the question in pre in pre show. How do we go about changing that narrative? Well, I think that's the very first thing you do. Is I think that you go about changing the narrative by acknowledging and recognizing the greats of your of your past in the organization, and in doing so, you're going to bring attention to people. I, I mean, you know, listen, the Reds are widely considered a great organization in baseball. People love the Reds. People respect the Reds, and it's not. It's certainly not because they've had success in the last 25 years because they really haven't. Not since the 1990 uh, team have they had really great success. Yeah. And, but you know what? Everyone still recognizes the uh, as a baseball town. 
Um, you know, you've got the big red machine. You do have, you know, um, some premier players who are honored. You know, you've got the the nasty boys. You've got Barry Larkin. Um, you know, and even while he's remembered more as a Seattle Mariner, but like even King Griffey Jr., for example, like we still honor King Griffey Jr. And, he's a Cincy kid. That's why. Well, but I'm just saying, you know, they they highlight their history. They acknowledge that they have something yeah. to celebrate, whereas the Bengals, the Browns, and I, I don't know why. And I tell you what, players have come out and said as much that they are uh, offended, and, and and Willie Anderson's been very vocal about this, and 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 damn near pleading the organization to please recognize them because you know what, if you're if you're an organization can't recognize you, how are we going to put you in the National Football Hall of Fame, yeah. the Professional Football Hall of Fame? Yeah, I mean, do you see that happening? I mean, with with all these changes, I mean, we've we we've seen some things that we never thought we'd see out of Mike Brown. We saw him open his checkbook. We saw him make a big splash in free agency. We're kind of shifting that that vibe. Do you think you see it happening? I mean, we saw we saw fifty years of Bengals football. That that kind of celebration that they did there. I mean, that may be a tilt in the right direction. What do you think? I just. It's been 50 years, and it took them 50 years to celebrate any kind of history. And the only reason they did that, in my belief, is because they knew that they are going to be bad and couldn't sell tickets. So maybe maybe they are getting the hint, like, hey, we can sell some tickets if we start doing this. I really think that's going to be the only motivating factor. Um, hopefully, as um, they continue to go on, uh, they get more pushback from previous players, and that pushback combined with um, a um, response from fans yeah. can result in a change. Because if not, if not, I, I it's going to be the continued narrative. Okay. Did you, wait, wait before you continue? Did you see what they did for Chad? Uh, maybe. Maybe not, because I'm not sure what you're so, referencing. So recently, he's been, you know, going out and doing a lot of media stuff for the Bengals. Right. Um, they actually sent him a box of cigars and said, "Thank you for being, you know, this, you know, being part of the the team, and thank you for, you know, showing support for the Bengals and blah blah blah." And there, there's a lot more to come, and they sent him a whole box of cigars that were wrapped with each of the schedule. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So. You know, they, they seem different, um, you know. I definitely think organizationally there has been, at least on the surface, a change. Because to your point, you've never seen them spin in free agency the way that they have this year. You've never seen them take chances and risk like that. Um, even just making a coaching change, that's a big deal for the organization. You hadn't done that in 16 years. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, I would be – you know what's really going to be the, the, the tall tale – or the 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 most revealing thing for me is if they if let's say and I hope hopefully this doesn't happen it doesn't come to this but if let's say in two years they are struggling and they're not doing well and they fire Zach Taylor I I think that I I think that's while I appreciate consistency and I think that coaches should in the NFL in general don't get a long enough leash. If they put a short leash on, leash on them, that's going to show organizational change. That's going to show a urgency yeah. to win and it's going to send a message we're not going to accept mediocrity i mean, sh I mean shit arizona fired their coach after a year 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, and you know, I, I, um, what, (laughs) what I will tell you is that even, I think that you even saw some of that early on and maybe that was Marvin who was pushing for that. I couldn't tell, but I mean, you saw the Bengals move on from Bill Lazor. You saw the bank, uh, Ken Zampezi. You saw them move on, um, or you saw Marvin take over the defensive mm-hmm. uh, coordinating play calling. Um, oh God, Austin! What is his name? Terrell Austin. Terrell Austin. Yeah, pretty oh, bad. What a hot pile of shit! That in was. fairness, he had next to no t- talent on the in the in the linebacker yeah, core. Whatever. But however, but, but I mean, I, game, I told you Colts game. We got that Colts game out of. It. I, I mean, I told you Terrell Austin was gonna be bad before before he ever called a single play and. And then if, because I, I I pointed him out to you, I mean they every defense he's ever been a part of has been the lot, like bottom third of the league, at, and and honestly like I think you get, the best defense he ever called was uh um like in 2013 for the Lions they were like the 25th best ranked defense and that was the best defense he'd ever called 25th best. You make so, mistakes, you move on. But I'm just you know I that, and that's kind of where I'm at with that and um you know what we did we did. Uh, we did mention briefly Ken Riley. You know, we would definitely want to give a shout out to Ken Riley and and you know prayers out to him and his family and and uh, you know hopefully you know rest in peace Ken and um, he'll get in the hall. Hopefully he'll get that's in the hall way later than he needs to be, but he'll right. Get in the hall. Hopefully, hopefully he gets in. You know, and uh, all time great for the Bengals for sure, and just in general, um, just a guy who really. Was one of the first, you know, ball hawks, yeah, um, in the NFL. And uh, in today's game, he would have been someone who would be considered a top player in the league, you know, and uh, certainly would have been heavily sought after in today's NFL, where passing is such a more dominant. And honestly, I would argue he'd probably have more interceptions at this point because he have a far greater um, opportunity to to be able to play the ball and. Um, the way that they play defense today allows players to be a little more aggressive and and playing the ball instead of playing the player. And uh, the rules kind of dictate that you have to anyways because you can't really play the player anymore. Um, or you get called for defensive holding, pass interference, whatever it might be. But uh, but yeah, no, I, I think those are all um, really reasonable um, expectations or things to think that he could have achieved. Uh, but definitely um, impressive what he did achieve um, during his time here. Yeah. Uh, it bums me out so hard that we only have one guy in the hall. I mean, and and for him to get in the hall, he had to be probably the greatest offensive lineman to ever play the game. Right, right. You and know? also, by the way, great guy, great human being. Couldn't be happier Munoz? for for Anthony Munoz. Fantastic yeah. human being. He's got a whack whack pinky though. Oh, dude, that's nasty. I had a high school teacher. I had a high school teacher that was like that. And he'd sit when he'd teach, and he'd like pick his teeth with this finger here, and then his pinky was fucked up, and it would just kind of like fucking hang off to the side, real, real weird. Oh and then he'd be like, "And he was he he was just a football coach, like he did not want to teach. Yeah. He um he would literally take Wikipedia was it slides, yeah, he would take Wikipedia slides, copy and paste them onto a blackboard slide, and be like, write this down with this fucking pinky all messed up." And uh, you know what's the funnier thing is he coached special teams. Oh, like usually I feel like like the the, the assistant coach football games. Hey, listen, I I don't disagree, but I feel like the speaking of which, Dar- uh, Darren Simmons, yeah, would make an excellent head coach. 
Don't say that. I'd like him on our team, please. I think he'd make a great head coach. If Zach Taylor doesn't work out, give me Darren Simmons. I mean, talk about a guy who consistent. Talk about what my thing is. I don't know that I like. Sorry, we're getting off track here. I don't know that I like the. It's our podcast. We can say what we want. Dude. You're goddamn right. It is. You're right. Uh, I I don't think I like the head coach being able to call plays. I don't. I don't think I like him doing. I think I would rather the head coach be the head coach, and allow the coordinators to be the coordinators. I don't know, man. I think if I think if you had Andy Reid at your at your head coach, that's different. Player. That's different. No, I, think, I think Andy Reid's a Hall of Fame coach. Zach Taylor has never called an offense before last year. Okay. Do you think? Do you think the first time Andy Reid did it, he was like, "Oh, I'm going to be a Hall of Fame." Yeah, coach. but he was a coordinator before he was a coach, a head coach rather. Fair enough. I mean, you know. You got to take a chance on someone sometime, you know. And you know what? If Eric Bieniemy, where you at, boy? You want you're you're already off the Zach bus. No, I just don't know that. I just don't know if I. I didn't love the hire to begin with. I I, I was excited because it's, it's it is exciting. But my thing is that, uh, like, if you're not gonna be good, at least be interesting. And the Bengals will definitely be interesting this year. If think, there's a football season. Yeah, Did you see I Fauci came out? Fauci came out. He was on uh, the Dan Patrick show today. I was listening to him on the way into oh, work. Oh, God, Dan Patrick. I love Dan Patrick personally. I don't know. One of my... One, one second. Of my, but I uh, I would say yeah, Dan... You're fine. I would say Dan Patrick, or on the Dan Patrick show, he came on and said um, that the one way the NFL is going to be able to play this season safely and correctly is that they do what the M- the, M- uh, the NBA and uh, the NHL are doing and go in a bubble. Going like like. So isolation. are you familiar with? Yeah, are you familiar with kind of what the NBA is doing? No. So the NBA is literally they're putting them on like a resort in Disney, and they're not allowed to leave the resort for the entire season. time for the rest of the season and into the playoffs. Uh, and they won't only be allowed to have they won't be allowed to have guests in unless they make it to the playoffs and then they can have like guests who have to go through like rigorous like COVID testing and stuff and it was so funny because on the Colin, the Colin Coward show uh, Joy Taylor is like so this is my first thought you have a bunch of grown men full of testosterone and no women what are they going to do and they're going to break a blanket in there dude <laughs> and I said they're going to need lots of socks yeah <laughs> But but they did say that they will not be drug testing for marijuana during this time. So they're just gonna get bricked. They're gonna get blazed, boy. Hey man, dude, I you're not gonna get NFL players to do that. Oh no way! Because we're talking about we're talking about if that's the case, um, at least August, uh, September, November, October. I skipped October. Whoops, December. I know my mom. <laughs> January, February. You're you're having at least seven months where these guys would be in isolation. There's no way you can do that. There's not. And the NFL. It's not like the NFL makes a lot of money, a lot of money from their their ticket revenue. Like, why don't you just sign a contract saying you're not going to get pissed off if they get COVID? I it's so I hate it. I hate it, dude. I'm so over it. I just want to go to a damn restaurant and eat some tacos or something, dude. That's all I want to do. Yeah, did you see in Southwest Ohio the uh, infection rate's gone up by like seven hundred percent in the last twenty four hours? I'm gonna sound callous. I don't care. I'm just saying it's crazy, man. 
it's bad. But it's like Southwest Ohio is what's doing the worst, and I don't know why. I don't know if it's because we're just fucking gross or what. I don't know. I thought DeWine was doing a good job. DeWine, DeWine's kind of like, he came out today, so he's in National Garden to Southwest Ohio. What's that going to do? Just add to the population to get sick? <laughs> well, he's, uh, Dude, he's, sen- he's sending them in for additional testing resources and stuff. Those guys, those National Guard guys aren't trained to do that. Right. They're not trained to do much of anything, to the be honest with you. He works at Amazon on the weekends. Where the hell was he <laughs> I know a guy I went to high school with. I won't say his name, but I know a guy I went to high school with. He's in the National Guard. And I'm like, bro, I can't believe anyone would ever put their... Like, if it comes down to someone attacking my our country and you're the one that's to defend me, like, I'm fucked. They're just... <laughs> I, I'm just going to throw up the white flag and be like, I, I submit to your will. Like I don't whatever. want to be disrespectful, but they're not medical professionals. Like Some of them are. Some of them are. Some. Some of some, them are. They're not sending just the medical professionals down there. Oh, I, I, <laughs> I totally understand. I Believe me, I get it. I Honestly, I you know, as, as awful as it sounds, I'd be more equipped to handle some of that situation than most of the people that they're sending. Right. And, I mean, and, I'm, not, and I'm not terribly qualified. You're just packing <laughs> more people into an area. Right. I you know, I'm not good with the whole science thing, but like, you know, if you pack more people into an area, there's more people to get sick, you know? So Right. All right, Gamble, you ready for this week's trivia? Oh shit, there's trivia? We did trivia last we week. We did talk about that two weeks ago, but yeah. Yep. I didn't okay. come up with any questions for you. That's okay, I got this. Solid so, so um in the last since nineteen ninety. Oh god, okay. How many times have the Cincinnati Bengals won their division? Four times. Close. Five times. Five times since 1990. Damn, I was close, dude. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Okay. All right. Let's see here. Um, What was my next one I had? I'm ready, Alex. Okay. What is Bengals trivia for 1,000? (laughs) In 2007, who was the Bengals' leading rusher? In 2007. Channeling that into my brain. I'm trying to think of who they even had at that time. If you if you get this without looking it up, I will buy you a case of beer. Okay. Um... What if I asked you what their quarterback was? Okay. Well, who was their quarterback? The leading passer that year was Carson Palmer. Fuck, that didn't help me at all. In 2007. In 2007. I'm thinking. I'm thinking real hard. Um, is it out of left field, dude? Yes. Okay, I'll, I'll give you another hint. This is the only year in Bengals franchise history this player loved the, the franchise in rushing. The only year. Led the franchise in rushing? For the season, yep. So this is the only year this player led the Bengals in rushing. Perry. Chris, was it Tab Perry? Uh, no, it was Kenny Watson. He loved the oh. league. He led the team with rushing with 763 yards. I believe uh, that was the year 
that um, Rudy Johnson tore his ACL. That's tough, dude. There's no way I'm getting that. Oh, I agree. I just thought it was fun. <laughs> I was thinking, um, for some reason, like Bernard Scott popped in my head. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there was, what was the running back that was the bust? Irons, his last name was? I couldn't tell you, to be honest with you. Shit. I I remember once I once I looked it up. I remember Kenny Watson, but I did, would not have remembered him otherwise. Um, but I remember because that year he was a tank, bro. Because he only played in like ten games, I think, and yeah. he still had seven sixty three. He's a tank. Um, let's see here. I have one more. What was it that I wrote down? Um. Um. Oh, that's what it was. Sorry, um, trying not to burp on Mike here. In, are you ready? Sorry, hit me. In Marvin Lewis's first year as head coach, which was in two thousand and three, according to Pro Football Focus, who was the Bengals' best player? Marvin Lewis's first year, which was two thousand three. I'm going to be honest, I can't name any 2003 players. Oh, you can name a couple. I bet you. I bet you could at least name three right off the top of your head. <laughs> You're going to expose me. It was not, I'll give you, it was not a position player. That should be pretty obvious then. Shane Graham. No. Um, that's actually quite the out of the box guess, and I really appreciate that. But it was Willie Anderson. Oh. He was ranked. Position player, isn't he? No, he was a uh, left tackle. I know he's a tackle. Is that not what a pos- I don't. I think I don't know what a position player means. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just a skill player. Position oh, player shit. is baseball. I'm, like- I'm, I'm in baseball mode. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to say skill player. I apologize. I'm like, I don't think I know what a position player means. Can you name the leading passer, rusher, and receiver? I can tell you two of those have the same last name. Rudy Johnson. Was the leading rusher. Chad Johnson. Yep. He was the quarterback. Was it? Oh God! I'm gonna sound stupid. Is it Kidna? It was John Kidna. There you go. Did uh, Did you know they went from two and fourteen the year before to Marvin's first year? They went eight and eight. Really? Yep. I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, we went we went like two and fourteen the year before in 2010, right? Uh, we were four and twelve in 2010, and went nine and seven, and finished third in the AFC North. There you go. And still um, in playoffs. Yeah, still made the playoffs. Uh, interestingly enough, it only took Marvin. Actually, let me ask you this: how many how many years did it take Marvin Lewis to win the division? How many seasons? What season was it that he finally won the division? It's two thousand five, wasn't it? Uh, which would be how his what year in the league? I mean, he's been in the league a long time as a head coach. Yes, of the Bengals. Two years. It, it was his third season. Yep, the third season. They went eleven and five. Um. In 2005, they won. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that would be his third season as the Bengals head coach. Yeah. Yep. All right, guys, and that's this week's trivia. I'm going to add a cool, like, screen, I think, with the questions. Okay. I'm down. It's going to be great. I'm an editing genius. It's going to be pretty neat. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I think think those are good, succise. I'll use the word succise. I'll say it one more time. Sucise episode. We're going to keep it kind of short and sweet. I, I think he's looking for concise, but. I thought it was sucise. 
I don't know that "sacise" is a word. If it is, I'm whatever, dude. Good thing I said it three times wrong. (laughs) Uh, Unless you're talking about succinct, which that's also a possibility. I think I think you mix concise and succinct. You know, whatever. Hey, listen, Um, it's our podcast. We can make up words if we want. (laughs) (laughs) But we're gonna keep it. We're gonna keep it short and sweet. Um, I love it. It's kind of late. I'm kind of tired. I feel you. but go ahead and uh, rip out them socials, Big Daddy. Yeah, absolutely. You can follow Gamble at Girly Hummin. You can at follow G I R L I E H U M M I N. You can follow your boy at Chow underscore Logan. And then you can follow the show on Twitter at around underscore the underscore natty. Uh, same as our Instagram, that's around underscore the underscore natty. Uh, please do that. Please uh, interact with us. We'd love to hear your feedback and kind of go um, and uh, just hear from you guys. And we'd like to talk to you. So Yeah, share um, it out. Sometimes it gets lonely by ourselves over here. <laughs> um, but uh, anyways, uh, this has been the Ram That I Pack podcast. I'm Andrew. And I'm Logan. And we'll catch you around the natty. Shut up and sit down.